0: This is the Know Grow Show Show. A weekly audio and video production of the First Baptist Church of Grandview, Texas. At FBC Grandview, we desire to ensure that every person in Grandview knows that they are loved by Jesus and His church. This show is one more way we pursue that goal, as we discuss with our church members themselves how we can know the love of Christ by a God who regularly reveals Himself to us, how we can grow in that love towards our brothers and sisters in Christ through whom God uses to show us truth, and how we can show the love of Christ to those around us. So get ready, pull up a chair, and dive in with us as we celebrate and discuss the love of Jesus Christ. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to our second episode of the No Grow Show show. Uh, I'm happy to have with us this afternoon uh, our Nursery Coordinator. Many of you know her well. She is, as far as our ministerial staff goes, currently our longest tenured staff member Mm -hmm. at 15 years, right? 14. 14.
1: 14 this year.
0: Okay. So, gonna be 15 soon. Yes. Um, So, 14 (laughs) years of serving our church, serving your children. I'm sure many of you watching this, even those of you who are in high school and college now, Miss Julie, it was a big part of your life if you have history here at FBC Grandview. So we're happy to have Julie Swift with us, again, our nursery coordinator, uh, and going to ask her a few questions as we continue to try to get to know uh, about the people in our church and what God is doing in their lives. So let's just jump right into it. First of all, thank you, Julie, for being here. Um, So let's start with the first question, and that is the most fun one. And that is, of course, uh, tell us one interesting and or funny thing that maybe a lot of us don't already know about you.
1: Well, I would say the interesting, most interesting thing about me, um, some of you may already know this, I do serve on a camp staff um, with, it's our board staff, our Lakeham Springs staff through Lakeham Springs and Aquilium. Um, I've really enjoyed being a part of that and just kind of interesting fact that I, I, serve all the community through all of our swumbo association and everything and it's interesting just to watch the different communities come together and have unity and work as one and that's kind of my interesting fact of serving one another and serving others
0: yeah that's cool so how long have you been doing that
1: that would be this would be my 12th year if okay. we don't include COVID year, <laughs> okay. Okay. yes, outside of COVID year, this is my twelfth year to do that. Okay, I love mm-hmm. doing it. Um, brings great joy and yeah. pride and to our just not only to our community because I'm showing a love of our community to others, showing how Greenview can show interesting stuff to them too. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and I can personally vouch that that's not just a, a couple of weeks thing. I know a lot of people hear summer camp and you think, well, that's one week during the summer, but no, Julie puts in a lot of work throughout the year. Yeah as well as the other staff members down at Latham Springs, uh, put on a good camp. So, okay. All right, if you didn't know that about Julie, now you do. All right, Julie, a second question, and then we we kind of dive into the serious stuff on this question, uh, and that is, what is one way God has been revealing himself to you lately?
1: I would have to say the one way that God has revealed himself to me is just through patience of a child, Mm. watching a child smile, Not to sweat the small stuff. There's lots of things that we seem to take for granted as adults that we think these kids know how to do, and we think, oh, well, you should be able to do this. Um, Not sweat the small stuff. Take it a day, take it an hour at a time, take it a day at a time. Um, Just working out the small things through Him and through prayer with a child. And a prayer with a child is if you've never done it with a little child, can make you small.
0: Okay. okay, all right, that's good stuff. Uh, so we kind of break these questions down to our our current mission statement, which is to uh, well, first of all, that we want everybody in review to know that they're loved by Jesus and his church, uh, and we do that through a process we call no grow, show. We want to know the love of Christ, grow towards others and towards Jesus, uh, and show the love of Christ to others. So that's kind of the no question, that second one uh, about what God is doing in your life lately, and in the grow question comes into how we interact with others in our relationship with Jesus. Uh, and so the second question is, outside of your family, who's one person in your life that God uses to show truth to you? And maybe if you have an example.
1: Um, outside my family, I would have to say there's really probably two or three. But I work with some amazing people, um, Amy Quisenberry and Vicki Nichols and Catherine Stewart. Those are, I know you said one, but I can't just pinpoint just one. Those are three people that have instilled truth in me every day. Um, Vicki shows through the music, through the love, um, just by a smile, just by saying, you've got this on days that you don't think you do. Um, It's kind of hard some days. (laughs) Um, But she really shows me how to show truth to others even though we may get mad Are discouraged, it's and just have to remember we're all human, we're all part of God's family, we all make mistakes, and just you have to go back and relate. She's the truth, and so she's shown truth to me. It's okay to be on the downfall sometimes,
0: okay? All right, that's good. So, yeah, um, that's okay. Eric broke the rules on the first week, too. He had more than one, so
1: it's kind of hard. He set the precedent, yes, it's hard to pinpoint just one, yeah.
0: Um, we have Vicky Lynn, somebody a lot of you probably know if you're watching, and uh, Corbin takes piano lessons yes. with her every week, great lady who uh, loves music and loves the Lord and puts those two things together. Yes. So,
1: it's them all yeah. together. Yes, they do.
0: All right, final question, and that is, how have you personally been showing the love of Christ to others?
1: Um, I would say just by how I've shown Christ to others. Um, it's just by my attitude towards Things that have gone, maybe just show them compassion, mm. um, to care, just a simple smile to say it's okay. Um, we have lots of people that sometimes you don't have to say anything to them. You can just look at them and show that, that you care for them. Yeah. Sometimes words don't, you can't. You don't have the words, but just a simple smile can say it all.
0: So, That's good. Yes. So uh, Julie might be being a little humble right now. She shows the love of Christ I know every Sunday yes. and Wednesday, yes. and changed. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, oh Friday, gosh. at school. Yes. Uh, But certainly through our, our nursery program here, um, loves and our kids well, even when they're kind of crazy. I know this past weekend, this past Sunday, uh, Cheryl's Sunday School class had an event. A lot of the adults uh, in that Sunday School class went, yes. and y'all had how many kids?
1: We had 27 kids. 27 kids. 27 kids, and that hmm. was with two families that did not show up. Yeah. So.
0: And uh, we drove up to get the kids after everything was over, <laughs> and I told Cheryl it's like just a bunch of cockroaches on the on the playground. Right. No offense, if any of your children were there, I'm talking about mine too. Um, a bunch but of yeah, not only were they well cared for and alive yes. at the end of the night, but uh, they had a good time. And uh, you know, we appreciate everything you do, uh, and and yeah, also thankful for those small ways we can communicate the love of Christ to others. I know when we think about communicating the love of Jesus, we often think about missionaries and um, you know people who travel or get on stage or that sort of thing but really it is the small things like you're talking about where we really communicate the love of Christ so I appreciate you doing that
1: mm-hmm. yes thank you I appreciate this church allowing me to do that and to be a part of this community
0: alright good deal well there you go episode number two that wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be okay pretty easy it was it was easy All right, Just everybody else should be on this too right of course, yes. So when you get your chance, know let us not that hard. Uh, just come in and learn a little bit more about you and you just got to learn a little bit more about Julie Swift. All right, thank you guys. We'll see you later. So if you joined us last week, you know that besides interviewing church members, we also like to take the opportunity to interact with some questions that some of you have sent in our question line that is available available to you uh, on Sunday morning on the screen Uh, and if you write that number down you can really text it at any time so the the question we had come in this past week uh, not on Sunday but during the week uh, we had someone write in with a really good question uh, one that uh, isn't necessarily related to the current series we're going through on Sunday mornings I mean it kind of is indirectly I guess Uh, but It's okay that it's not directly related, and it's a good opportunity to remind you all, as you're watching, uh, that we love to interact with good biblical theological questions and discussions uh, whenever we have the opportunity, whether it's uh, about our Sunday morning service, uh, or it's about something else totally unrelated. Uh, wrap those in, Uh, let us know about them. It'll give us a chance to interact here uh, and for you to be a part of what we're doing. So the question that was raised to us last week is this, and I'll state it, I'll quote it exactly as it came in. I understand that angels have volition since many followed Satan, but is there evidence in scripture of any of the fallen angels repenting and returning to God? I gotta be honest with you, when I first read this question, I thought, wow, that's something I've never really thought of. I've never really thought about angels who are fallen, who have made the decision to go with Satan rather than with God. Uh, making a choice to repent and therefore return uh, to their life with God So did a little studying uh, and uh, came up with the best uh, Try from my own self uh, To answer that question. I'm not saying this is hundred uh, percent correct uh, But from what I study this is what I could gather uh, in relation to that question um, First of all, we just have to talk about the reality that many believe uh, that there are places in scripture that allude to a time in history, meaning before Adam and Eve history, uh, where there was a great war in heaven uh, and Satan fell, Satan himself uh, at one point being an angel, according to some uh, interpretations of scripture. Uh, And then not only did he fall as kind of a a leader or a chief uh, fallen angel, uh, but that he took some other angels with him. Uh, and that those angels would now be what we would consider demons, uh, the angelic host of hell. Uh, as Jesus and God uh, have messengers and angels in heaven, uh, these are their counterparts, many would believe. Um, these, these demonic fallen angels uh, who exist uh, to oppose the will of God, uh, oppose the people of God, uh, and to wreak all sorts of havoc uh, while, they are, while they have time. Uh, to wreak that havoc Uh, and so this would be uh, like i said as god and jesus have his angels satan himself would have his own angels that we might call demons Uh, and again this is one way of interpreting scripture Uh, most of the time these interpretations rise from a couple of places in in the old testament uh, the prophetic material in particular Uh, one of those is ezekiel 28 uh, verses 11 through 19. Um, where there is, is talk about a cherub or an angelic being who who fell um, it's important to note though that in that in that exact context uh, the writer Ezekiel is is writing about the king of Tyre um, and God's judgment against him uh, and is speaking out that judgment uh, but it's also possible that uh, even though he was talking uh, about the king of Tyre that he could have been alluding to Satan as well uh, the same is true of Isaiah 14. This is probably the more famous reference, Isaiah 14, 12, uh, where there is talk about a, uh, the morning star having fallen, uh, and, and that being a reference to Lucifer or the, the great angel of, of light uh, who fell from heaven and became Satan. Uh, and that, in its exact context, is actually a word of judgment against the king of Babylon. Um, and so it's it's about a, an earthly king, but again, it's also possible... That that is referencing some, some other being, being Satan himself. Uh, and so we, we see from those interpretations uh, that many believe that again, Satan fell and, and took uh, angels with him. Now we have some more direct allusions to the fall of Satan in the New Testament. Uh, in Luke chapter 10, uh, Jesus uh, sends out uh, several of his followers uh, and when they come back and they tell him about the awesome things that are happening, uh, Jesus says again in Luke chapter 10 verse 18, Uh, that he saw fallen excuse me saw uh, satan fall like lightning Um, and in the context one would think that that would mean uh, that you know the things that these followers of jesus are out doing the ministry that they're out uh, putting their their hands and feet to at jesus's command uh, is taking power away from evil um, is shaking the foundations uh, of an evil world Uh, and so he symbolically says he saw satan fall like lightning from heaven, recognizing the the power shift uh, that is Jesus's people being at work in the world, um, committed to doing acts of love uh, and ministry in his name. But again, you can also read behind that, perhaps Jesus is alluding to something that actually did happen, uh, Satan falling from heaven, or in Revelation's case, something that actually will happen. Uh, in Revelation chapter 12, uh, we see, and we'll get to this on Sunday mornings soon, uh, we see a, a, a dragon figure uh, who's at war with a woman. Again, we'll get into that when we get to uh, uh, that chapter in our Sunday morning series, uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, but in that particular story, we see the dragon depicted as having fallen from heaven, um, taking a third of the stars with him. And you think the a third of the stars are a reference to the angels that went with uh, Satan in the, in the great fall. Um, and he falls again. Uh, upon uh, another great battle with god uh, and in his angels in heaven Uh, satan once again loses uh, and we see in revelation 12 the dragon and his angels and the dragon is directly called satan in revelation 12 by the way so we see satan and his angels uh, once again fall from heaven Uh, and so perhaps that's a prophecy about things to come and the great final battle uh, between good and evil between satan and god And, and maybe it's also an allusion to something that's already happened in uh, history repeating itself in that sense uh, that there was a great battle and Satan fell in that way so there is not, not any direct language in scripture that says that this period of time uh, in like the, the pre, pre-earth uh, as we know it pre-Adam and Eve pre-Garden of Eden uh, that there was some great battle in heaven uh, and that there was a, a, an angelic leading figure uh, that uh, warred against God uh, that fell from heaven and that took a lot of the angels with him, these fallen angels. There's nowhere in Scripture where that word is directly given, but we can see from the places that I gave uh, where I think that that is at least a, a responsible um, interpretation of Scripture. Whether it's correct or not, um, I don't really know. I mean, we'll figure that kind of thing out when we get there, uh, but there does certainly seem to be some credence to uh, understanding why that may, may be. Uh, just a few other places uh in, in in scripture uh where satan and his angels are talked about i left one new testament reference out uh, in matthew 25 41 uh, jesus when he's talking about ministering to the least of these uh he says that those who don't uh, that those who are unloving uh, will be uh, thrown out uh, and will be cast into the lake of fire that is reserved for the devil and his angels so we see a time of judgment coming for these fallen beings again we see that in revelation 12 that i talked about earlier um, and we also see in 1 Corinthians 6, uh, verse 3, uh, that Paul, he's actually talking in context about how Christians shouldn't take one another to court in, in, in a public court of law. We should figure out issues between ourselves on our own or within the church. Uh, and he's, he's, he's in that context. He says that, do you not know that we are to judge angels? In other words, we should be able to judge ourselves if we are also going to judge angels. But that's just a big thing, it kind of drops, right? Uh, we're gonna judge angels, okay. Uh, I don't really know what that means. Uh, obviously, uh, it's in scripture, so I can't really refute it. Uh, it's something that's going to happen. I don't know what that's going to look like, but we do see a time that angels themselves will be judged, fallen angels will be judged, uh, and that we are going to have something to do with that in, in the mystery of, of God's redemptive plan. Um, Now, I wanna quote some some lengthier portions that I think might actually be more of a direct answer to uh, the question that I mentioned earlier that was asked by one of our members, uh, which is, you know, if, if angels can fall from heaven, essentially, can they come back? Uh, if they have the free will to make the choice to leave heaven, can they repent and come back? Um, here's what Peter writes in his epistle, Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4. He says, For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment." He goes on with a lot of other statements trying to make another point, Um, but he is admitting, Peter is, uh, that in his theology, uh, and we could take that for truth, uh, that there are angels that sinned, uh, that God cast out of heaven into hell, and that he has committed them to chains in gloomy darkness keep that phrase in mind, it's going to show up again here in a second, until the judgment. Um, so it seems like from that scripture uh, that there isn't a second chance, uh, that the time will come for judgment. Uh, again, we, we alluded to that a little bit in First Corinthians 6 already. Um, we're going to have something to do with that judgment. Don't know what it's going to look like. Maybe there's some wiggle room there where they have another opportunity, but that doesn't seem likely um, because when judgment comes for all creation, that's that's the moment we no longer have a chance to say this or this, it's what have we done? Have we accepted Jesus or not? Um, and so those who fell out of heaven are currently uh, in hell, committed to gloomy darkness in chains, and we will be kept there until the judgment. That's what it seems like, that's not what it seems like, it's what it is uh, in Second Peter. Uh, Jude, uh, which is this wonderfully mysterious book as well, uh, only one chapter, and in verse six of Jude, uh, Jude writes, and the angels who did not stay within their own positions of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Uh, so Jude is basically saying the same exact thing as Peter in Second Peter, uh, that the angels who chose to leave, um, God's going to keep them in eternal darkness, in chains, in gloomy darkness, uh, until the great day, until the judgment of the great day. Uh, so it seems like again from scripture. Uh, that angels who did fall, angels who did step out of heaven, angels who did rebel, uh, that their lot has been sealed. Um, There's not an undoing of what's been done. They cannot repent and then return uh, because they are going to be there in two different places in scripture it says. They're going to be there until that great judgment day. Um, One other thing I want to note to uh, kind of bring this home and that is the nature of salvation itself. Um angels who have rebelled and, and, and fallen these are angels who have committed sins um who have who have again rebelled against the one true God and one reason why I don't think and why I think second Peter and Jude are telling us that they will not repent, that they don't have a second chance uh, is because of the nature of salvation itself. The angelic hosts have seen heaven. They have seen God for who he really is. It's not a matter of faith for them. Uh, Hebrews 11 tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Uh, and if that is the case, and they've never had to c- commit an act of faith, believing in something that they cannot physically see, um, there isn't a path to salvation for the angels. Uh, not only that, the only path we have to salvation is through the faith we have not by our own volition but our faith we have through jesus uh, who gives us the opportunity to express faith uh, because of what he has done for us because of the sacrifice that he committed for us Uh, and and the angels as far as we know uh, don't have any christ-type figure uh, who died in their spot uh, who took on their punishment Uh, but we can have faith in jesus having not yet seen the reality uh, of who god really is for for all his glory uh, in one day uh, that that faith will become sight so we know in first Corinthians 13 right i believe that's the right quotation uh that faith will become sight uh we'll see uh, cloudy now but then we'll see clearly and on that, when that day comes when our faith does become sight uh then we'll we will we will reap the rewards of what jesus has done for us uh to repent of our sins to be cleared uh, from the punishment of our sins and to live with him in innocence for eternity the angelic host again They've seen it all. They don't have an excuse. They don't have the, well, I can't see God for who he is. I can't see him to have an excuse like we do. Nor do they have a savior, at least that we know of, uh, that has come and taken their penalty for them. Uh, Is it possible in all of this that Jesus somehow takes their penalty as well? Sure, that's possible, but we don't have that articulated to us in scripture. Uh, So this was a long roundabout answer, uh, but an answer to the question nonetheless, uh, can fallen angels who have volition, expressed that volition to step away from God, to rebel against God, can they repent and return according to Scripture? That seems to not be the case. Uh, we have that pretty direct in Second Peter and in Jude 6, uh, and we see that throughout Scripture as well, as well as just understanding the nature of salvation itself and, and the way that Jesus works salvation for us doesn't really seem to be available uh, to fallen angels. Um, So aren't we grateful that Jesus has saved us? Aren't we grateful that we have a Savior who does what we could not do? Uh, That though we have rebelled against a good and holy and perfect God, uh, we have someone who took that punishment for us. Uh, May we rejoice in that uh, as we reflect over the unique nature of what God has done for us. It was awesome to be with you guys again today. I hope you enjoyed episode two. Don't forget to write in any questions you may have. I look forward to more interviews and more questions coming in the weeks to come uh, as we continue along next week with episode three of the No Grow Show Show. See you guys later. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed today's episode of the No Grow Show Show. Don't forget, join us again next week.